millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Cutscene Saga, the podcast that dissects and discusses the stories in video games. We are kind of like a book club. Each month we choose a different video game and gather a few friends to talk about the story. So this month we are talking about Red Dead Redemption 2. I'm your host, Joe Diskett. Back with me in the studio again is... Dominic Guilfoyle. Welcome back, Dom. Thank you for having me back. So last week we talked a bit about sort of the the history of the game, the development of the game, and then the world building, Mm. the setting. If you haven't listened to the first part of this series, I suggest you head back and listen to the first one. We had some good discussions about the world, the design of the world, the animals you can find, all sorts of things. Mm. So this week we're talking about the story, the actual plot itself. I'm going to ask Dom to give us a quick rundown of the plot of Red Dead Redemption 2 as a whole. Okay, so Red Dead Redemption 2 is a prequel to Red Dead Redemption, which was set in 1911 and saw its protagonist, John Marston, tasked with the government to track down the surviving members of the gang he used to run with, the Vanderlind Gang. In Red Dead Redemption 2, set in 1899, we follow a different member of the gang, Arthur Morgan, in the final few months before the dissolution of Vanderlind Gang, as they are... So trying their darndest to survive as their way of life is rapidly going away in the face of modernization and industrialization. The Vanderlyn gang is led by Dutch Vanderlyn, a charismatic outlaw extraordinaire who over the course of the game seemingly has maybe lost his touch and maybe his mind as the gang goes from disaster to disaster trying to do just one last job so they can get just enough money to move on from their life and be set up somewhere else, maybe in the West, maybe Tahiti. It seems to change every time Dutch tells his story. Now, Arthur and the gang change camp repeatedly on the run from the law. They do a number of jobs, some of which go well, some of which go poorly. Eventually, enough jobs go poorly enough that Arthur begins to question Dutch's leadership and in private and eventually openly and Arthur is diagnosed with a fatal case of tuberculosis. Now, with not much time left in his life, Arthur begins to question the way he's been living his life, question whether the gang which started out with high morals has clearly become just another gang of thugs who murder for money, and Arthur, with his last days on Earth, decides that he's going to do his best to get the people he cares about in the gang out of the life. In the end, Arthur uh, succumbs to his tuberculosis or wounds, depending on some choices you make in the game, as the gang dissolves and he, several members manage to get away, including John Marston and his wife and son, setting up the events of the first game. 
Is yeah. there anything more specific we should get into with that? Or I suppose it's worth mentioning the two epilogues that yes. come after the that. The game but... is separated into eight chapters with each one based around when the camp, the gang is moving camp. The first six chapters, you're playing as Arthur Morgan. At the end of the sixth chapter, the gang dissolves, Arthur dies, John and his family escape the life. And then the first of two epilogue chapters sees them eight years later in 1907 scraping by trying to find a new place to live and try to get a new start and maybe buy that ranch that they've been talking about for so long. And then in the second epilogue chapter, we see John making the ranch, which he has in the time of the first game of the previous game, getting revenge on Micah Bell, who is one former member of the gang who kind of led to the gang's dissolution. Mm, yeah. And eventually the game ends with John and his family happily living in the ranch where in during the events of Red Dead Redemption One, they will eventually John and his wife will be buried. Yeah. It very much follows the basic sort of skeleton of the first game, doesn't it? Yeah, very much so. Like I've described it. So the first game, the second to last uh, mission of the first game ends with John Marston sacrificing himself so that his wife and son can get away because the government isn't going to let him run forever and he knows the only way they'll ever be safe is to sacrifice himself let them shoot him he pushes through the doors of the barn which he raised himself a few years prior and is shot to death by the government as his wife and son flee and then uh, three years later after his wife's death his son jack avenges john's death and becomes the outlaw that john worked so hard for him to avoid being and it's a bittersweet ending for a lot of reasons and this game I've described it as being a hundred hour long version of John Marston (laughs) pushing through those doors because very little momentum happens throughout the game, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. A lot of it is you do a mission and Arthur says, I don't know about this Dutch. And Dutch says, you have to have faith in me, Mr. Morgan. And then the mission goes horribly wrong. And Arthur says, Dutch, I knew we shouldn't have done this. And Dutch says, you just have to have faith in me, Mr. Morgan. Literally I, from chapter one until yep. Arthur's death. Yep. That is the the repeating pattern. Over and over again, right up until like the mission before the gang dissolves, Arthur and John have a big a sequence where they escape from the army together. Everything's gone completely out of hand. Arthur has repeatedly said, I don't think that Dutch is in a right state of mind. He's been he's been questioning Dutch's literal sanity for most of the game at this mm. point, but he still like shakes hands with Dutch and has has faith in him. And then it's only in the final mission of, of chapter six where Arthur dies at the end so that John can get away to a better life, that he finally has any kind of proper break with Dutch. Yeah. And it's a very strange way to tell a story. A big problem with the story, and I'm going to be talking about problems with it a lot, <laughs> is Dutch Vanderlind is alive in the previous game. Dutch Vanderlind yep. dies at, towards Absolutely. the end of the previous game, so he couldn't die in this yeah. one. So we know Dutch survives. We know Javier survives. Oh, yeah. We know Bill Williamson there survives. Are, we know yeah. Uncle survives. We, there are seven or so I think seven members of the gang who are repeatedly endangered, and then we know they can't die. But the big problem with Dutch not being able to die is because this is a video game. And even if you're going to have a bittersweet ending, you need catharsis. Yeah. You need to kill You need to kill the person you don't like at the end of a video game. Yeah. And it couldn't be Dutch. So it had to be Micah, Micah Bell. Bell, who is... I've, I've said as well that I quite like Micah's performance. It's the least realistic performance, I think. A lot of other characters, you completely believe them. Mm. Like, they feel like rounded characters. Micah Bell is... 
the most obviously evil, verminous <laughs> yeah. piece of trash in the entire world. And the the actor behind him knows that. So plays him like, Arthur, I'm gonna kill a whole bunch of people for no reason. <laughs> for like, my guns. Yeah, I don't know why you would do that, Micah. Because it's fun. <laughs> like they have this whole like recurring plot line where it's like, is Micah the bad one? Is John the bad one? Has John ratted them out? Has Mike? And it's like, well, we know it's my, I, I yeah. just found it so blatantly I, obvious. I really, for like the first half of the game before I realized you kind of, you figure out the early on, like, oh, this is going to be about the gang falling apart yeah. due to death by a thousand cuts. You, mm-hmm. you, they begin the game in such a bad place and you know, they're not going to be able to recover much past this. I thought for a lot of the first half, that the gang would dissolve halfway through. Oh, okay. I was expecting that the gang would dissolve. Maybe the, or maybe that Arthur would be to become a snitch. I thought. Right. That, I thought that those would both be interesting ways that the story could go and how it could have a really intense back mm. half. And instead, every time they move, it's because a, a job has gone wrong and they're yeah. being hunted. And jobs just keep going wrong. And eventually, a job goes so wrong that they flee for a bit, and then they come back. And then they keep doing jobs and talking about how they need to get a little bit more money. And it's obvious from early on that it's, and it's hard to tell how intentional it is, but it's silly that they, that anyone believes Dutch, but he says they just need some money. There are 20, I think 23 members of this game. Then there isn't a bank or a train in the world that has enough money for them to all get set up into heat. No, exactly. But nobody really calls them on that. And it's not clear if that's a flaw in the storytelling or just an in-universe flaw in Dutch's Mm. logic. Yeah, I mean, I, I did like, um, it's like once you kind of come back from Guama, which we'll talk about in a minute. Yeah, how a lot of the gang members start to drift away. They yeah. start to well, yeah, to that's another thing. Which felt like, yeah, it was you want this explosive end to the gang, but by the time that explosive end comes, it's literally John. Arthur, Micah, and Dutch who are left, and everyone else is gone. Yeah, like the gang starts. The gang has a lot of members, and they mostly only they only start dying in chapter three towards the end. Like you have, yeah. you spend a lot of time with them, and the characters are really a high point. They're very well realized. That you you like the characters you're supposed to like. You hate mm. the characters you're supposed yeah. to hate. They do really well with that. They seem like real people. Yeah. The camp where you can just interact with them is one of the few places in the game where it really just like the uncanny valley stuff doesn't really come in as much because yeah. a lot of the rest of the world it feels like Westworld. It's all there. It's all there so you can enjoy it. Yeah. Everything is reacting to you. Then you go to the camp and people are just hanging out, yeah. playing dominoes. Yeah. Which I think was the yeah. strength of that, particularly the first of the two parties when, you, yeah. when you've when you rescued yeah. Sean, that everybody is doing their own thing. It was yeah. very, I mean, it felt a little bit performative. You know, it felt a bit theatrical. Arthur was like an audience member, but you can interact. And you, you can, can, yeah, you pick up a beer, you drink yeah. the whole thing in a few seconds, you pick up another one, you start singing along with a song. Exactly, yeah. But you, other people are off doing other things. You yeah. walk around the camp and you realize that, oh, Mary Beth is vomiting her guts up or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Kieran's not really enjoying it because he feels like he's not a part of the gang yeah. and that sort of thing. There's Everyone's kind of got their own little story that's going on a lot of the time. By the end of the first six chapters, when everything's falling apart, 
and different members of the gang start having different levels of wanting to leave. Like a lot, some mm. of the, some of the characters definitely get less focused than others. Like Reverend Swanson, I don't think has ever ever has any real involvement in missions. No, yeah, I I he was one of the characters who I was like, why are you here? Why do you exist? Yeah, I never really got that, but I. I like that they didn't really force him to be super relevant. He's mm. just kind of a member of the group. Yeah. And I never, maybe his backstory was there or maybe it was supposed to be ambiguous. And they do mention like that he had his arc towards the end of the game when things are going really bad and most of the fight, the, all of the fighters in the gang like get separated from the gang for several months. Yeah. He steps up with, yeah. with one of the like, and <laughs> gets clean because he was a heroin addict for the entire yeah. like past few years. And I, I like that detail. Yeah, like the so characters are a real highlight, and I think that the game kind of does the story and the narrative do them a disservice yeah. to a degree by having having so little momentum or logic to why they are sticking together at this point. Like they clearly, Dutch is clearly not a good leader, and it's clear in the first chapter. And then going forward, he becomes more and more like obviously leading them down bad roads, and everyone sticks to them until the towards the end of chapter six. It's mentioned. Oh, I haven't seen uh, Mary Beth in a while. Oh, like at the start of the final mission, it's mentioned that uh, Pearson and Uncle have departed. Yeah, no one saw them go. Yeah, um, and like like Mary Beth, someone mentioned that Mary Beth had gone. Yeah, and I was kind of like, oh, that's right, Mary Beth existed. Yeah, there, there are but, also kind of too many people sometimes. Yeah, like like uh, Mary Beth and Karen in particular. I just yeah. they were interchangeable to me. I guess I found myself with Red Dead Two doing the same thing I did with Red Dead Redemption One which was, I want to see what happened before the story began. Yeah, um, which is weird because this is the story. Because this is the, the story. story before the story began. But so, it, you know, that thing you're talking about, why are they still following Dutch? I found myself, I really wanted to know yeah. who Dutch was before that made them so loyal to him. Yeah, there is like backstory you can find of like the reason that Javier and Bill side with him in the end and like... You know, probably a fair reason why John and Arthur spend so long before they eventually yeah. decide we need to go is that he's raised them from young, very young men. Sure, like yeah. he saved their lives. It, like they would have no place in the world without Dutch. It yeah. is there is a reason to it. I don't think it's a strong enough reason for how long the game is. Yeah, because they it's so many things go wrong, and it's such a long time when nothing good happens to this gang. Yeah, that they're all still like, I have faith in Dutch. Mm. And it just, it makes, it just feels strange that they would be so lacking in their own agency to a degree. Yeah, there were quite a lot of things that were main story missions, you know, so they had the little gold icon instead of the white icons that I really felt like could or should have been side missions. You know, mm -hmm. like, like you go back to Valentine to rob the bank later on yeah. and you go shopping with Sadie and she gets her character development where she um mm. wears pants instead of a dress and that one could that one i think is pretty important for the back half of the game well true true for the epilogue it's consistent throughout where a lot mm. of the time you go up to someone you like because every mission like you go up to talk to someone and on many points increasingly towards the end of the game you go up to talk to someone it's like how are you doing sadie and it's like well i'm doing pretty all right and arthur and then dutch walks up and yeah it's like, mr morgan we're going on a mission and it's like oh that's what's going yeah. on like there was one towards the end i was like oh finally we're gonna have a mission with reverend swanson and then dutch was like hey stop talking to the reverend i was like oh okay i had exactly the same thing yeah it was like i went and specifically did that mission yeah. because the icon told me it was with Red, Reverend yeah. Swanson. Yeah. No, it was, and it was it completely was, unrelated. Yeah. yeah. And that, and then sometimes they did that really cleverly. Like 
you go and talk to Sadie and it's like, finally we get to talk to Sadie. And then Dutch says, no, we're going on a mission. It's like, oh, we're going on a mission. Yeah. And then Kieran's decapitated body rides <laughs> in on a horse and it's like, what the hell is this mission? Yeah. And then the O'Driscoll's attack. And it's yep. like, it's intentionally like keeping you from knowing exactly where the story is going to go at a particular yeah. moment. And I mean, that that one in particular, um, poor Kieran. with Kieran's death, yeah, poor Kieran. Although I'm, after playing the game for 100 hours and doing the main story, I've actually started a new yeah. game, um, redoing it, and I'm being uh, being dishonorable this time. Oh. And Arthur is horrible to Kieran, like oh. really horrible. But yeah, that one in particular, like you were talking last week about how the focus on realism means that when when the game is less than realistic, it, it really sticks yeah. out as a sore thumb. And that was one of those times when I really felt like I, as a player, had triggered a sequence of events that would not have happened yeah. had I not started no, that fair. mission. That is fair. It's it's one of those things, yeah. It, you tripped uh, an invisible thread yeah. that meant that Kieran's body rides in on a horse yeah. now. And there is foreshadowing for it, a tiny bit that you like can... Like he disappears. Yeah, he but... disappears and people go, have you seen Kieran? But then it's just like, <laughs> his bo- he, would, he would have been off being tortured forever yeah. if I hadn't done this mission. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Whereas most of the time it felt, you know, I was going to someone and doing something with them. Yeah. It felt more organic in how yeah. you commence things. And that's something that I will also say is that this is one of the best jobs that Rockstar has done of merging their mission structure to a narrative in a while of how in Rockstar games, in every GTA game and in Red Dead Redemption 1, you do like a series of missions for someone mm. and they're probably unrelated to your overall goal and like you just kind of do a few missions and then you move on and do a few missions to someone else. Whereas in this one, most of the time the missions are done, people in your camp, you you know them. Yep. And the fact that you're doing random missions with no real end goal and you're not sure where it's all going is like, yeah, neither does Arthur. Yeah, Arthur is yeah. just like, I don't know why we're doing this right now. This yep. doesn't seem like it's going to get us to Tahiti. Yeah, and I think that's one like one of the best they've done at that since like GTA San Andreas, where it was part of the story that CJ was like being pulled along on a string by these corrupt cops, and he was just like, sure. "I don't want to be doing this." Yeah, I but no, <laughs> I have to do this mission now. It's like in GTA Five and in like previous games, it has been an issue. Where it's just like I'm doing a mission because there's a mission here. Yeah, I yeah I did find that a lot in GTA Five, particularly. The one that really struck, we're talking about a different game now, but the one that really <laughs> struck me in GTA 5 was Michael helping the movie producer. Yeah, and that I was, was like, just like, why is this a main story? This should be a Strangers and Freaks Yeah, that, that, that was absolutely like, well, we're set, we're setting this in a weirdo version of Hollywood and we, yeah. we don't have anything about Hollywood in this game. We have to yeah. have that. Yeah, the, yeah, I've read Dead Redemption 2 for the most part. It avoids that a bit better yeah. by having it be in the narrative that, we don't know where we're going or why we're doing a lot of this. Mm. Red Dead 2 is one of the few games I've played where... So I I hate, like, fetch quests. Mm. I generally will, particularly on my first playthrough of a game, I'll just avoid side quests because, I, you know, in most games, they're just a fetch quest or a, or a fight this person or whatever, whatever. Mm. But Red Dead 2 is one of the first games I've played where I was really really into doing side quests. Oh, they're mostly better than the main quests yeah. because there's yeah. more character base. It's actually div- like most of the main quests, it's threatening to have plot momentum and they're not. Whereas in the side missions, you're getting to know different weird yeah. people. And the game, like they, the game knows that the characters are its be- one of its best things because it constantly kidnaps them. And you yeah. and like <laughs> Arthur, over the course of the game, and Arthur rescues so many kidnapped people. Yeah. Like, he rescues John twice yep. from prison and wolves. He rescues Abigail, Sadie, uh, Javier at least once. Yep. Uh, Tilly. Tilly, he rescues Tilly. Tilly twice. Twi- yeah. yeah, because there's the first time. Yep. Yeah, uh, he... <laughs> 
<laughs> I almost every member of the camp, and there's like 22 yeah. people like rescuing Sean. You rescued Josiah. Yeah, uh, and then in that mission where Arthur is kidnapped by the Odysseus, he rescues himself. Yeah, it's like it's almost a running <laughs> gag. Yeah, but instead, it's just kind of we don't have anywhere for this story to go because yeah. we've got a set point at the end of the game where the gang breaks up and we kind of are seemingly a little scared of messing with the status quo. Yeah. So the thing that they threaten is the characters that you actually do care about. Mm. Yeah, it's a weird thing that happens so often is people going missing or being kidnapped. The way that towards the end of the game, like people keep getting left behind. Yeah. Like it's, a run, it's almost a running <laughs> gag where Dutch leaves John behind to yeah, die twice. Yeah. One of my favorite plot lines was actually one of the least important, it feels, was the the Native American um, plot line. I really enjoyed those missions. I really enjoyed just going for a horse ride with Rain's Fall and yeah. just just chatting. Learning that Arthur had a um, son who died. Yeah. Well, yeah. And but then all these five or six missions purely just being a setup for yeah. Dutch to have a Native American gang in Red Dead Redemption 1. And yet it kind of almost doesn't. Like, I thought they were doing that, but then like the, all of Rainsaw's tribe gets massacred yeah. and they all move to Canada. And I guess 12 years later, Dutch has like, man, oh, got a taste for Native yeah. Americans. <laughs> I might just start a gang full of them, yeah. unrelated to his interactions with Rain's Falls. Yeah. Which just is really odd. Yeah. It, yeah. Like, yeah. It, like it's, it seems like high school level foreshadowing. It's just like, oh, <laughs> remember the last time Dutch interacted with Native Americans? <laughs> <laughs> just like, what are you doing, Rockstar? Yeah. And I mean, you know, there was some problematic, Always. you know, well, like. Every time you do anything with the with the Native American characters, like yeah. there's a pipe playing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, oh, no, they like burnt down our sweat lodge. Um, yeah. And like. Can you find Dutch. a peace pipe? Yeah. You go and, <laughs> yeah, go literally and, they go stole and find my, a... They stole our peace pipe, Mr. Marston. You uh, need to ret retrieve it. And it's so annoying because I actually really love Rain's Fall and Eagle Flies. I think they're really fantastic. Or yeah. They could have been really fantastic characters. Yeah. But again. It's Dutch influencing Eagle Flies to fight the army to be yeah. angry. It's definitely like intended as being a mirror. Like Arthur does look at that and realize this is what happened when Dutch took me under his wing. He's seeing a yeah. young man who's angry and doesn't mm -hmm. have place in the world, mm -hmm. and he's creating a new version of me and John. Yeah, and that could that had a lot of potential. I don't think really went anywhere because they, it was it came in so late in the game. Mm -hmm. It was the final. It was the final thing that tore the gang apart. Yeah. Instead of like, if Eagle Flies had joined the gang a few chapters earlier or something, like, I, yeah. don't, I don't know what how yeah. it could have been better. But I did it's just like I did find myself like like shouting at Dutch, like, "What are you doing? Yeah, why is this relevant?" And of course, yeah. that's the point. That's what Arthur's saying is, "Why are we doing this, Dutch?" You have to have um, faith, Mister Morgan. Yeah, <laughs> I need you to trust me. But if if me as the player, if I have run out of faith in Dutch, then you know, like my experience yeah. should mirror it's Arthur's. A, there's definite dissonance there. Yeah. So I, I don't want Arthur to be going, no, no, I still have faith. I, I'll still follow you when I'm going, no, I don't want to do this yeah. mission with you, Dutch. It's, uh, it, and uh, the character of Arthur, I really, I really like the character of Arthur. Yeah. He was a good character. He was a lot like John, mm. which makes sense because they were raised together. They're effectively brothers. But the big difference is, is that, John had a way out. He had a wife and son mm. and didn't know how to get out. He didn't know that he wanted to be out for a lot yeah. of the game. It was just kind of like, no, I like being in the gang. And then eventually Arthur convinced him, no. Whereas 
Arthur had a, a lover and a son who died, and now Arthur doesn't think he can get out. Yeah. And he, like, leans into it more. He's more thuggish a lot of the yeah. time. But then that, that, that flips a switch. Like, he goes on a debt collection mission, and he's just, like, he's just towers over people, and yeah. he just beats them. Yeah. And then, like, when he's not doing that, he's a fairly sensitive man yeah, for yeah. the time. And I really like that. And I wish that the story that he had was better suited to him. Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, I suppose we'll talk about this more next week when we're talking specifically about character and character mm. arc. Yeah. But yeah, I, in terms of plot, Arthur felt removed from the plot. Yeah. I wanted to see more of Arthur's story and less of Dutch's story. Yeah. I would have been down for it if I had been playing as Dutch. You know, if you as the player yeah. have this grand plan, you can follow it's just yeah it's a strange sort of disconnect between the character in the world where you go out into the world and you interact with all these different people and Arthur gets to know them he makes some friends even like yeah like the widower in the northeast or Hamish Sinclair the hunter that sort of thing and then he always goes back to the gang and they want you to think that it makes sense for him but with the person that I knew him to be and played Mm. him as I think that Arthur should have Arthur should have left. Yeah. Well, and when when he gets diagnosed with tuberculosis. tuberculosis, thank you, his doctor tells him, oh, you need to go on a holiday yeah. somewhere hot. And I was like, oh, cool. I'm going to go to New Austin. I'm going to get to leave the gang. This is it. This is Arthur leaving the gang. But uh, nope. instead they li- they're living in a swamp right now, <laughs> yeah, so it's a exactly. bad start. It is framed that he is sacrificing himself in a sense. Like he could go away and like yeah. heal up a bit, but the gang's in a really bad place right now. And he thinks that it's better for him to risk his condition getting worse. True. And, you know, as we were saying, he does have this whole saviour complex. He's the one always rescuing people. Yeah, and I suppose we'll get more into that next week. But, like, how effective he is at that is something that I'm keen to talk about (laughs) a bit. The final two chapters of the game as well Mm. are... The game is already incredibly long. Yep. It's so long and so little really momentum-wise happens. And then... Like to a point where before the final mission happens, before like you do the final train job where you get enough money to escape to Tahiti. Yeah, yeah sure you did. Uh-huh. And then uh, Dutch leaves John behind one one too many times. Abigail is kidnapped and you go and rescue her. You come back. There's a confrontation between Arthur and John and the rest of the gang in trying to convince them Dutch can't be trusted anymore. Micah is a snitch. Yeah. Micah is working with the, well, the Pinkertons. Uh, and like, trust, please trust me. And they don't. Before that mission, the game could have gone on forever. Yeah, yeah. Like that just yeah. that mission just kind of happens. Yeah. Like it could like honestly, there has been so much, so little momentum, so little anything. Well, it's not even that big things don't happen. It's that they happen over and over again with the same yeah. consequences. The train job could have been another version of the job in Saint Denis. It could mm. have been another version but of the first train robbery. Particularly when everybody talks in Red Dead Redemption One about how. Dutch um, Dutch messed up and there was this botched train robbery, but every single train robbery you do gets yeah. botched. I'm pretty sure that it's a, there, there are some, there's some slight retconning going on between Red Dead Redemption yeah. 1 and 2 as well because I am fairly certain that John got left behind, got shot and left for mm. dead by the gang during the botched ferry job, which happens at the start of the game, right. of this game. And then they've retconned it. So there is a botched ferry job. But also that's a different one because they yeah. want to start with that. Like yeah. There's little things here and there. And also in the first game, definitely never – I mean, obviously they don't mention Arthur Morgan because he didn't exist when they didn't wrote exist, that game. Yeah. And he should have considering the impact that he has yeah. on that Arthur, he was John's life. Like after Dutch and Hosea, he was the number three in the game. He was uh, he was John's brother and yeah. it's because of, because of Arthur – 
a little bit because of Arthur, not as much as the game wants you to think that uh, that John in and Abigail and Jack have the life that they have together. Yeah. So it's a bit strange. Like playing Red Dead Redemption One now would strange would feel strange, especially since in that game it's never indicated that the de- the Vandalin gang had twenty three people in it, mm-hmm. that it was effectively a cult, or that it was loving. Like they all yeah. loved each other. Yeah. Whereas in Red Dead Redemption One, it is definitely the implication is that like I don't think they ever really say that there was anyone beyond Dutch Arthur, Bill Williamson, and mm. Javier Escuela. I think that that was basically the gang. It's not even mentioned. Like Uncle is not a member of the gang in the first. No, game. no, no. He's just like a family friend, isn't yeah. he? And yeah. And then they've, in this game, it's like, no, he was part of the gang. Yeah, yeah. Don't <laughs> don't ask why he yeah. wasn't hunted down by the government. Also, these other ten people, which yep. is another thing at the end of the second epilogue. Charles and Sadie are still alive yep. and they go trotting off into the sunset, yep. but the Pinkertons don't want John yep. to hunt them down. Well, yeah, it's, it's very much the, the riding towards the final encounter with Micah. They're both like, yeah, I've been hanging around this whole place for the last eight years <laughs> after the gang fell down, but I, I fell apart, but I reckon now's the time now's I'm going to leave the state. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure, this yep. is the timing you're going to freaking yep. do that. Just, okay. just as we close on that shot of the Pinkertons overlooking. Yeah, sure. Um, and also it is a bit contrived that Bill Williamson, Javier Escuela, and Dutch Vanderlind all wind up in the New Austin area yeah. at the time of, of Red Dead Redemption yeah. 1 because that's not where they were at that point 11 years ago, yeah. and they just wind up there yeah. for unrelated. Just, you know, just that, that's just kind of where they go. Yeah. You know? And I mean, yeah, like I, I do agree with you in terms of the plot as a whole. It was so long, so long, particularly, as you say, when there's no really strong pulling no. thread. But I mean, I, I think... I think I enjoyed the plot more than you did. I think that's unfair. I enjoyed it for a while and yeah. then it just kept going. I, yeah. it, it kept going. It, it got more and more downhill downhill in my estimations mm. as the time went on because the things that I liked about it don't hold up to being drawn out. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I, I found I was able to a lot of the time kind of sink myself into the individual stories, the individual missions mm. that you do. And I kind of just tried to not pay too much attention to why the heck are we still doing this, Dutch? But, but you shouldn't have to do that. You know, no. you shouldn't have to. Um... And especially the like about halfway through the game, it needed a big shakeup. And they try to do that by having you get on a ship after a job <laughs> goes horribly wrong. And like two members of the gang die. A couple others get captured. It's yeah. a disaster. The like the, I don't know, the fire team, like the little, the, the group of the gang that you were with when the job went wrong. You escape on a ship, and the idea is that you're going to get off the ship and sail back, I guess. Yeah, something you, like that. Because you, we need to get out of this city, and we could walk 20 meters this way, but instead we're going to get on a we're ship. We're going to get on a ship. Sail it to Guama and then sail, and then go back. And then, Guama, which is like, it's like Cuba, isn't it? That's yeah, sort of it's the, an island near Cuba. It's yeah. the idea that I think maybe you're actually headed for Cuba, and then you're going to come back. But then the ship gets wrecked in a storm, and now you're on the <laughs> island of Guama for three missions. Yeah. Oh, Javier's been captured, by the way. Better rescue him. <laughs> and like, like, we probably should have discussed this last week when we are talking about setting, but yeah, the fact that they built this like Large. massive extra and map. You, you can't explore much of it. No. Because and you're there for all of, what, two hours of gameplay, if yeah. that. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a bit, yeah. you can't, you, and you can never go back. And they modeled wildlife. There were like blue yeah, yeah. cows and stuff yeah. there. And, like there's... Wildlife literally exclusive to this one region yeah. that they've modeled and you can hunt. Why didn't we crash in 
in um, New Austin. You know, like yeah, like they could like, have yeah, been yeah, like maybe yeah, it, they didn't get on a steamship yeah. like going across the oceans. They got <laughs> on a smaller on a ferry on a different ferry and you could make it a running gag. It's like we need to stop doing jobs on ferries, you guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm pretty sure New Austin exists because uh, of Red Dead Online. Because oh, they, they, absolutely! They don't yeah, do yeah. anything with the no. with New Austin in the entire game. No. Well, uh, it's, but especially since in the epilogue when you're playing as John, you can explore all of New Austin, yep. and then yep. Red Dead Redemption One comes along, and he's like, "Oh, I've, I've never, never been, been to here. New Austin. Yeah. <laughs> it's a like uh, like the post game of Red Dead Redemption Two is non-canon." There, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and I think that's a fair point to make. Especially given, yeah, that that last that last shot of the game is um, the Pinkertons closing the thing, in I, on I the think farm. There might be FBI at that point or Bureau of Investigations, but yeah, it's like yeah, it's the the that impl- implication at that point is yeah that the good times are over. Yeah, which <laughs> you know they didn't have much good times, so good job, Arthur. Yeah, you really did a great job sacrificing yourself. And that, but then the game just continues on. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I did. I found the plot point of Arthur's death. Oh, by the way, now you're playing as John. I found that surprising in as much as I didn't expect them to just pull exactly the same plot structure again. Yeah, they definitely try to, they try to mitigate that by having it be incredibly foreshadowed. Yeah. Like, it's just like, it's not, it, I mean, they also foreshadowed in the first game, like Dutch straight up tells John uh, in their encounter in the first game, it's like the government isn't going to let yeah. you get away. Like you yeah. are not actually going to get away. And then eventually like surprise the final mission, they come to kill him. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, yeah, like we know Arthur's going to die either way because yeah. he's, he's yeah. got this so awful g- disease. So they give him a death sentence, a chapter and a half before yeah. his actual death. Yeah. Although actually you could not actually like most people I think will get, john's diagnosis in chapter six you can do for some reason there's a little bit of sequence breaking you can do a couple of the missions from chapter six in chapter five uh is like, that because that might be because of the o'driscoll's kidnapping i had that a weird thing where i had missions in a strange order yeah there were a few the, things towards the end yeah. um i also had a bug where um so several members weren't present of the gang weren't present in camp during chapter three which sucked because yeah. that's where you get a lot of sadie's character development and yep. she wasn't in my camp and like, we'll talk about this next week. I'm going to tell you of my love for Mrs. Sadie Adler. Oh, she's the best character in the game. And yeah. what should have happened, the final mission in the game, Arthur is providing covering fire for Sadie Adler as she goes to rescue uh, Abigail and Jack, who've been kidnapped. Actually, no, just Abigail, because well, she's yeah. been kidnapped by yeah. the Pinkertons. Yeah, which I was like, oh, this is us beginning Red yeah. Dead 1. I, like, I was like, oh, this is... Well, that would have been funny. It's just like a, a Red Dead one. It's like, yeah, the government kidnapped my wife twelve years ago. I should really do something <laughs> about it. Um, you know, but like, so I thought that when she's telling Arthur, it's like, I, and, and just like you give, yeah, you take the rifle. I'll go down there. And he's like, you're doing, you're going down there. You're giving me the rifle because you think that I might drop dead if I <laughs> yeah, go down there. Yeah. I might just cough myself to death. And he says, she just says, yeah, yeah. basically, like, yeah, take the <laughs> rifle. And I was like, we're going to control Sadie now. We're playing C. I know, right? And then we didn't. And then not only do we not control Sadie, she fucks up and gets captured. And then you rescue Sadie Adler. Yeah, that's the fun. Yeah. That's like, come on. Yeah, like game. when 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 the epilogue began, and I was like, oh, I'm playing as John. I was so certain I was going to be playing as Sadie. I was I was mad. Like yeah. I really. And you know, and so now I'm like, oh yeah, good. Red Dead Redemption Three, give yeah. me some Sadie Adler. 
character, please. I love that the, the epilogue of this game is this like you like it's the most prequel thing in the world. Like it mostly, avo- it's to a degree it avoids the prequel syndrome. Like, haven't you always wondered where Han Solo yeah. got his jacket? And <laughs> oh, the Kessel Run isn't that a bit of interesting backstory? You want to know exactly what that means? Let's it, build Beach's hope. Yeah, it's yeah. That's the epilogue is. How did John Marston raise the capital uh, <laughs> and finance his home that he has this in this game? Well, like, I always played wondered. it. I can't actually remember. He takes out when... a bank loan. Oh, of course he does. Of course he we, does. We, it's so thrilling, domestic. The thrilling Western adventures of John Marston, <laughs> mortgage owner. Like you spend several missions working as a ranch hand, like literally shoveling shit. Yeah, yeah. Like the beginning of the epilogue, you've just had you've just had the character you're quite attached to die, depending on your honor. He might have died. <laughs> yeah. Like looking at a sunset, having seen his friends or getting shot or by get, Mike Mel. Yep, just getting <laughs> shot in the back. Uh, you've got it's a real emotional kind of catharsis, and then the next chapter begins. John Marston, eight years later, John Marston and Abigail and the, their son Jack have not gotten a good life out of Arthur's sacrifice. <laughs> no. uh, Arthur sacri- Arthur did such a mediocre job sacrificing himself that only he only wound up helping John, Jack, and Abigail. Yep. And now eight years later, they have no money. They're back in the same region <laughs> they escaped from. They, John is shoveling shit as a farmhand, but he makes a good impression. On the far- on the farmer and gets the farmer to agree to put in a good word for him yeah. at the bank, and then, and then you spend gives him a bunch of furniture and yeah. like who is this dude? He was really nice. Yeah. Also, thanks, mate. Yeah. Also, the epilogue, the first chapter of the epilogue, because it's two chapters long, because of course it is. Uh, every mission starts with Abigail, because you can do most of them in any order. Every mission starts with Abigail being like, "Oh, John, we're so happy. I know. You're, <laughs> you're putting in a lot of effort," and ends with John having done something that kind of tips off that he's an outlaw. And she goes, "John Marston, <laughs> we I, are not going back to that life. <laughs> you will put away your guns for the last time, John Marston." And then the next chapter, oh, they're waking up together in bed, yeah. they're having toast, and it ends with, "Oh, we're going fishing with Jack." Yep. And then it ends like that chapter ends with them leaving, and they. Don't don't come back until the end of the second yeah. epilogue, which and then the the second epilogue also has several missions where she's like, "John, I told you to give up that life. Now you promised." And he's like, "Like, also, yeah, but Sadie's back. Yeah, he sucks in that. John Marston is a shit husband. Yeah, he, is. he like he, he really is. like uh, like I kind of like this game is harmed by the fact that it's a prequel, and it really wishes yeah. that it, it really wishes that it could get away with not being a prequel because yeah. it harms its theme so much." Like this whole thing about Arthur Morgan sacrificing himself so that John can get away. John leads a really mm. scrabble hard life for eight years, finally gets a, a farm, dies on yeah. it. His wife dies on yeah. it. Their son becomes an outlaw. Thank you, Arthur, for your sacrifice. I have to say, though, I did really enjoy the epilogue because I was like, Heck yes, I love me some Stardew Valley. Give me <laughs> oh, this like farm sta- life. Standalone, I like, I'm not going to lie. I like the epilogue. I actually yeah. really enjoyed in the moment as the final 10 hours of this yeah. hundred hour game. It is a disaster. Yeah. It is a yeah. narrative. It feels more like a DLC. Shambles. It feels more like a here, here's this other story you can I, play. I genuinely kind of, towards the end of the epilogue, I was just like, have they upgraded, updated Red Dead Redemption? Will this seamlessly transition into Red Dead Redemption? I literally Redemption? had the same thought. I was I like, I didn't have think just, that it would, but it was yeah. just like, they could yeah. have like, like they could have just put the otherwise, whole original game otherwise in. why have the, why is this here yeah. why am i playing as john working with charles and uncle yeah. to raise a barn why is there a music <laughs> why is there a montage there, there's a mu- there's an upbeat musical montage where you're hammering <laughs> x to hammer in nails 
Oh, press X so press, into that. Press X to uh, hammer nail. Uh, David Cage, eat your heart out. <laughs> it's it's the yep. it's the Stardew Valley Guitar Hero crossover yep. I've always wanted. Yep. Two different times. Like also, like, I have to say that in previous game there was the big moment where uh, Jose Gonzalez's song plays. Uh, just like far, f- not far from anywhere. That's the detective theme um but um the bit where you go into mexico and like the actual the licensed song plays they pull that bit four times yes so many times and two times it's uh two times it's the same willie nelson song yeah like the first time it happened which is just after you come back from guam i was like okay this is nice that was like yeah i was like oh they're trying to pull the same trick again i thought that the next music sting where the the gang is being assaulted in yeah hey and it's like that music was great that was like because a lot of the the, music oh yeah i know the the soundtrack is fantastic and the bits where it's kind of veers into electronic sounds and it's really dissonant and it doesn't Mm. make sense the setting it's like really works well and then as so often happens, they get attacked. It's a disaster. There's a Maxim gun firing into the house where the whole gang is. You defeat them. No casualties. No. Well, either no casualties or literally your favorite character dies. Who can die in that section? Oh, no, no. I mean, just... Oh, just, sorry. Just, in just, all the just other sections. I was just like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. Also, the fact that they keep, they keep... Everything keeps going wrong and then big, horrible gunfight. Music is telling you, oh, God, this is the end. Nobody died. No, and no, then yeah. every now and again, it's, it's like, like, no, guys, we've got another 20 hours of story no. to go. Yeah, it makes it f- the moments where people actually die feel completely arbitrary because mm. genuinely they've gotten through worse scrapes. Yeah. Like two missions before the horrible Saint Denis mission where Lenny and Hosea died. Yeah. You go on a different mission in uh, Saint Denis where you do a fail robbery with Lenny and it goes worse and Lenny survives. And Lenny survives. Yeah. Like, the previous yeah. Saint Denis job went worse. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, so we'll talk yeah. more about our favorite <laughs> characters dying yeah. next week. We're going to wrap up here. So thank you, Dom, for coming in. Thank you again for having me. It's been a pleasure to have you again. Thank you to our fantastic producer, Zane C. Weber from That's Not Canon Productions. If you want to hear more from us, you can follow us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We are at Cutscene Saga. And if you want to speak to us at length, you can email us, cutscenesaga at gmail.com. Join us again next week where we are going to be talking about the characters from Red Dead Redemption 2. See you then. Well, let me have a rule and a saw and a board and I'll cut it. I'll climb up a ladder with a hammer and a nail and I'll nail it. Well, we worked so hard to build a little house together. In the snow or the rain or the ice cold wind whenever. No matter what the weather, we're together. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.